Hello and welcome to another episode of Respect and Mike podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about Asian things that matter to Asian people. As always, I'm your host, Michael Lam. And I'm your boy, Michael Trung. Yes, here we are again, another Zoom podcast. Still locked down. Um, and yeah, we, we're still regularly releasing episodes. Yes. <laughs> On we schedule. are, just yeah. um, inconsistently. <laughs> <laughs> and just without a proper schedule. But yes. they are they are being released and they are yeah. coming out. Yeah, so yeah. Keep a Thank look you. out. Turn your notifications on. You know, and then it. you'll get an alert. That's it. That's it. And um, and and we'd like to take this moment to thank you for being a, a, a listener for for all this time. If you have been, or if you're a new listener, thank you for for joining us. Thank you for um going back in history and listening to to some of these uh, podcasts that we've done, which um, may or may not be. Uh, so relevant anymore that the, the subjects have moved along but it's good to see what we were thinking at the time mm. yeah so that's pretty good cool to see how it's changed as well yeah yeah how that landscape has uh evolved um yeah i mean that yeah, COVID we... conversation we had back in last <laughs> this time last year or even before that was uh wild. completely different yeah completely <laughs> different we never foresaw a lockdown um but yeah on on to today's episode we we've got a, a long time friend um uh, a guest, new time yeah. guest, <laughs> close friend of both of us. We've known yeah, yeah. him, well, at least half a decade, yeah. probably much more, longer, more, more than a yeah, decade about ten now. years now, right? Yeah, yeah, more than a decade, now, yeah, for sure. And um, uh, it's interesting, well, because we, we wanted to get Donny on because he he he's um uh, a very opinionated in 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 the sense of uh, a lot of things that are happening in the political yeah. space. Um, and, and it'll um, be good to kind of get that that view out there on the uh in the open yeah. and also him himself his past is a little different and he's mentioned to us that um uh, a lot of his experiences was different and because he was uh part white part chinese and uh it'll be good to really explore uh how his uh growing up was so um without further ado let's uh let's get straight into it um but before we do you know make sure you hit the like subscribe notification bell um make sure you hit us up at respect the mic pod uh on instagram and if you want to email a question in or get the conversation started it's uh respect the microphone at gmail.com and um yeah without yeah. further ado yes let's just go Hello what's there, good Donnie? Donnie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah guys happen lads Oh, up in the boys? <laughs> We're, in case you guys are wondering, I just let one rip on the mic. See, why'd you say that? You might as well have just done it on the on the recording now. <laughs> I don't know if uh, if all of our listeners will appreciate the comedy gold there. <laughs> I was saying, it doesn't matter how old and how mature you are, a fart, a fart like that will always make you laugh. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to get to, uh, on the show uh, because um, we've unfortunately run out of guests. We've got no one else to talk to. We're, so we're Donnie in. has always been our safety net. If we ever run out of guests, we'll just turn to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, all jokes aside, Donny um, uh, is uh, is a good friend from 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 quite a long time, and um, he he kind of I, I never really deeped it before, but he he kind of lies uh, um, in a different kind of uh, realm than than me and Lam because he's uh, both uh, white and he's both Chinese. 
And so I'm sure uh, now thinking about it is that he's actually gone through a, a lot of similar experiences, but some different experiences uh, just because um, he's uh, two ethnicities. I was going to say races, but no, we're the human race. I don't know why I always get that wrong. Um, yeah, so it's in, it's interesting to obviously get uh, uh, Donny's view on that. Uh, but yeah, I think um, we, we, we've uh, had some technical difficulties and uh, we've been bantering. So, um, uh, Lam, I'll let you take over. <laughs> well, well, we've been friends for a, for a while, right? I mean, all three of us. Probably I knew I've known Michael you the longest, um, but Donny, I've probably oh, known you, or well, we've both known you like what close to fourteen years. Well, since uni, right? Well, probably like longer. No, I will college. Well, yeah, as I say, um, me, me and Michael friends when you guys were at Crisis Six. Me and you, obviously, we, we were really friends. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Michael went to the same college, Christ the King, and Donny didn't. But there was one day, and then, but you two <laughs> were friends before that, right? Well, um, during that time. I, I think I met we had Donnie. mutual friends yeah we had mutual yeah. friends so I, like 16 17 so definitely yeah. like 13 14 odd years but me yeah. and Donny didn't really hit the ground running did we <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you hit the ground running with anybody Lam yeah with quite a lot of people I'm just I'm just quite distant <laughs> Man, a lot of new people aggressive. like oh, go away <laughs> no remember looking you thinking who's this guy with his china throw <laughs> Yeah, you were, you were judging me for my hair. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Let me grow it, bro. Yeah, no, but, yeah, so... hair systems. We've we've moved past those initial hiccups, and now we're like besties, best, best buds, friends, best friends. Reminding me of that um, that that hangover scene. Do you know when they're they're on their way to to finally get their friend back, and they start singing yeah, in the car. Or with a pretty best friend. Michael Allen. Yeah, Michael Trung. I'll take it. I'll take it. I love Allen. <laughs> Counting cards is frowned upon. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, how how's life been, though, Donny? Because um, you're not with us uh, in in London anymore. So. We 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 haven't seen you this entire year, basically. Well, well, Lamb's well, seen you once. You know what? You haven't seen me. I've <laughs> seen. And we you also know, we also went we, skiing together. Yeah, we we had hiccups at the beginning of our friendship, but now I see him <laughs> way more than you do. Mm. Uh, we speak more, probably. To be fair, we, me and Lamb yeah. speak more or less every other day. Um, uh, that's bad. But I take care of you, yeah. True, 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 true. <laughs> and you have. What I do you, always, what do you I, mean, his pimp. <laughs> I always um, send him, send him reparations like every week. Michael Trung was the person who taught me how to wash my own clothes. <laughs> oh damn! Shouts, shouts to me, and I'm not the best. Yeah, there. exactly. Would you? Don't you just put it in a washing machine? What do you mean, wash your own clothes? I never washed my own clothes before. I mean, I always had. <laughs> when I started uni, I'd just buy more clothes, and then when I went home, when uni was like like half term and stuff, I'd just take my clothes back to my mom to wash. <laughs> oh damn! And then Shaking when my head of disappointment. And then, um, yeah, I always had, I always had, basically, I always had someone wash my clothes for me until I had to move out by myself. And then I was like, oh, Michael, how do, do I wash do clothes, bro? <laughs> I don't think I did my own washing until after uni as well. Do you know when we were living together in third year? I kind of just waited till other people did the washing and I was like, hang on, I got a batch. <laughs> 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 and, I, and I got away with it all year. <laughs> 
you know what? I, I, I actually don't remember Lamb ever washing his clothes nicely. <laughs> <on his own. laughs> but it's I was helpful. You it. When it when it dried, I was like, "Don't worry, I'll take care of that." And then I took the clothes off the line for you. So he had to put them on the line himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you, you just did it. <laughs> you just took his clothes when they were dry and clean. Uh, Basically. I was well smart. I learned that from early on. Yeah. yeah he, smart he, and hard. He, he's yeah, exactly. that member in the in the in the group work that just turns up at the end. No, 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 no. I'm I'm like the executive decision guy. When they have all their ideas, I'll be like, yeah, that one's the good one. Yeah. So, so really, you just turn up at the end. And yeah, no, yeah. I'm like the C- the CEO of it. I'm like the leader of it. Hey, man, stop trying to stop trying to put cherry on on that cake, man. Those are leadership qualities. Those are bullshit cake. Qualities. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. How's uh how, how's life been, Donny, in uh in in uh, Liverpool? Um. Well, I, I, well, I've got like two jobs, don't I? I mean, I, in the daytime, I I work in I still work in recruitment. Um, and then in the evenings, I've got. Um, the takeaway so it's it's been busy um I've, we haven't i haven't stopped working I've, i was i wasn't furloughed i've kept on working both jobs and and yeah i've just been no there's no there's been no stopping really i mean i've uh, i mean i work i recruit into the nhs so i've been quite busy since still um just because obviously with covid and everything going on it's been been a bit hectic, um, and similar again with the with the takeaway with all the restaurants there from closing. We've, I mean, we've had to close from we've had to open the only we only open three days now, um, just because we're we're so busy we can't handle the business. I mean, there's only what me, my mom, and my dad, so it's just it, it's it's been ridiculous really, but it's yeah. been good. Yeah, it keeps me it keeps me out of trouble. I suppose the silver lining is that despite all of this um, lockdown, um, we're still able to open takeaways, aren't we? Like that would have been so detrimental to the East Asian community if we weren't able to to have takeaways open. Uh, yeah, well, I suppose um, it depends. I mean, it depends what generation you're from. I mean, obviously, our generation is not really that bothered. But then the, the generation before is our parents. They obviously, I guess, you, yeah. both your parents are retired, aren't they? Um, but with like no, my mine, still work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know your mum works. But no. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, hey, wait, you made that sound so suspicious. Wait. <laughs> 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 you got a backtrack on that. She, just work, she works in Siwoo. That's it. <laughs> I don't know if you want people to I don't know if you want people to know. It's just like, I don't wish she works. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, <laughs> just put your mum yeah, on so, blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've been, we've been busy since I've been busy. I've not stopped. I mean, uh, the, the worst thing is uh, I used up all my holiday like at the start of the year so I've not even had any time to like do you know what I just want a week to chill I've just been working straight from the summer so I can't wait for Christmas that's just, that, that must be kind of good for you in a, in a way though because like you're yeah you're kind of distracted and you're not you're not um, really too kind of uh, affected by corona I guess in a sense because your your work is fine you're still pulling in money there's no stress yeah. of like um, you know sufficient funds really so like you've actually had a boost in in works uh since corona yes and no but um, i mean don't get me wrong i mean the the i guess mental health side i think is, is definitely but it's it, i think it's taking a toll a bit i think 
with myself I'm you know you know me I'm a I'm, I like to be a social butterfly I like to I like to be around people I like I like yeah I like I like I like to be around people and uh, my job usually entails that I mean I'm, I'm in an office full of people with the sales environment everyone's buzzing everyone's bouncing off each other but it's just like I do don't get me wrong in in, in my day job I have struggled some some days to I guess motivate myself to actually do some work and do sort of do some productive work rather than just sit here and moping and wish I was out in a bar or somewhere I feel like yeah. a, a lot of people are affected by the same kind of um uh you know mental health issues like in, in a sense like you you really do have to be a little bit more mindful of of where you are mentally because um you know just being s- stuck up in the same areas and the same confined spaces for a long time you know it's got to drive people mad I'm sure Lamb losing his actual yeah. mind but no I think it's it's even well just being cooped up in one place it obviously has its tolls but even times where you know because you're working at home um the kind of vibe is so different to being in a work environment that sometimes you don't feel as productive and sometimes you feel like um you're not doing as much work and you're you kind of think oh am i being lazy or am i being this am i not working hard enough and then you kind of feel bad about not being able to do a lot of work and feeling really unproductive but that's a that's a case of being stuck working at home that's that's a toll in itself that's a that's something that you shouldn't um blame or something that you shouldn't um beat yourself up over even if you're unproductive and feeling a bit lazy that's just part of working from home like it ain't easy to always be productive that's one I, thing i've learned because there I, are times I, where I, I, was like, Shit, I, sh- I should be doing i should be doing a lot of work but um i just you, you just don't feel the motivation to but it's it's that i only ever felt like that when i was working from home I never ever felt like that when I was in a work environment, and that's like a, such a major difference. Like, you have to, you have to really force yourself to to be productive twenty four seven when you're working from home. But I've learned to. There were days where I was just like, oh fucking up. Like as much as I try, I was I just couldn't be as productive as I as I am like all day. And I used to beat myself up over it. I was like, oh, I'm not doing. I'm being lazy. I'm being this. But then I realized that's actually. Um, that's actually a part of mental health like that's um that's like a case of me draining myself personally and then thinking i shouldn't have to feel that bad that i'm being unproductive um because i'm working from home and it's a lot more difficult like you got to give yourself a break as well wow man you've definitely rationalized it for you for you for yourself man you're just so kind no i mean seriously no, i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking, even... I'm joking i'm joking i'm joking no i agree, I, I, I agree, I agree to the sense. Totally. I feel like, like in a obviously, workspace, yeah, you would. Obviously, when I have things to do, I'm always... See, this is the case. Like, you have to always say you're productive. Otherwise, you feel like you don't deserve your job. Do you know what I mean? But um, as much as people want to get their shit done and people really care about their job and people really want to get their stuff done, sometimes it's still difficult to motivate yourself. So um, I think it's, it's something that um, I've discussed with other people as well, and then we all feel that same way. I mean, privately, we're always like, oh, my gosh, I was so tired today. Oh, like, I couldn't do any work today. But then we will never want to say it in a work environment for the fear of being labeled as lazy and unproductive. But that's just a symptom of mental of your mental health. So I don't think you should be afraid of saying, like, I'm really struggling to do to do my work today. I'm really struggling to, to feel motivated today because you, you, you kind of don't want to do that in a work environment, do you? Because then your manager will be like, why are you being so lazy? Why are you being this? Why are you being that? Yeah, no, I completely get that. Especially, I mean, I work in a sales environment, so we're targeted on everything. You know, if we have a you know, cause, and it's, if it's, 
I mean, shout out to my company. They've been really helpful with, well, not with me. I've not been too bad, but with like a lot of like some of my colleagues who have really, really struggled. They've actually, you know, offered out their own branch and you know, got them on Zoom meetings or Teams meetings just yeah, to see yeah. how they're getting on and, and what they can do to, to make things better. So, um, don't get me wrong, this, this COVID's been bad. Um, but I think in a lot of cases, it's actually highlighted a few things that we've uh, maybe overlooked in the past. Mental health being one, um, flexible working as well. Um, before, I mean, I'm not sure how much you guys know about the world of recruitment, but it was always you need to be chained at your desk, like 24-7. You need to, you know, your, your phone should be glued to your ears. Um, and there's always been this sort of stigma where if we let people work from home, are they going to be lazy, not do anything? But it's actually, you know, especially with our company, it's proven that, to be fair, some people have been actually been more productive at home. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we can work into the, into the evening. I mean, my office is in Manchester, so it's about an hour, hour journey. There's been nights where I'm like, you know what, I'm at home already. I might as well work till six or seven. I don't mind. Throw yeah. some throw some Netflix on the TV and just sit here and type away. Yeah, yeah exactly. But how, I mean, is it, how, how have you guys been, obviously, with, uh, with this whole thing? Well, I've been, been in the same position. I've been okay. Yeah, I've been just been working from home. Like, having to learn how to work from home um, and be be productive and find a routine that works for me has been a massive shift. Yeah, communicating with your team as well, um, making sure that the people that you work with have tasks that they can do, um, and then just liaising with your clients as well. Because normally you you see them face to face, um, you'd be able to talk to them a lot more. But now that we're all working from home, that you have to find different ways to build those relationships. So it's all different, but it's it's a good learning curve. I think the, the working world has changed like now and and personally I think yeah if you know one of these pandemics is around the corner every you know every freaking winter or whatever it, it the the working world will change and everything's going to be a lot more remote we're going to have a lot it, there, there will be a, a whole disruption of of the the natural uh, working space have you ever seen the film is it surrogate with Bruce Lewis no, I Bruce, who? Was. Bruce Willis. I don't think so. Surrogate. It's basically, oh. it's like it's like in the future, and basically no one actually leaves their home anymore. You get into like this pod, and like a uh, like a younger version of you, like a model, like a robot, walks around for you, and you just literally no one. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. And obviously, he you know he's like yeah. an old school old school police officer, and he breaks the mold by he goes out of his room to to go investigate stuff and like that. But everyone's like, it's just. I don't know, it's just when you said you know everything's gonna be remote, it just reminded yeah. me of that. Like your whole so, existence is meta, isn't it? Like yeah. Um, you have this that, new phase. That shift will happen though, like un- undoubtedly, just because uh the way tech is moving, man. And I don't know, man, like the based on what we know currently, right? There's there's always some sort of uh disease that's flying about every so often and uh it's becoming more and more prominent. And I I think people are scared now people are, are different like this this is COVID-19 was was unprecedented like it, it has changed the situation it's not it wasn't like swine no, no 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 it's changed the western situation yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. what has changed that's, that's 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 the, that's the narrative um I don't know, sorry to just sort of, sort of just steamroll through that it's just uh me and my obviously obviously you guys know I've got very very strong views but it's it's, it's like we, I mean, whatever, however this virus came about, you know, it's, it's neither here or there, but this, the Western world knew about this January, December, 
um, you know, there's rumours they as early as November, and they didn't do anything till March because they weren't worried, and that was the situation. I mean, you say there's, a, I mean, there's been well, there's been pandemics going on in, in, in Asia for years, decades, centuries, but no one pays attention to it because it's 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 there, it's far away, it's in the east, no one cares. It's not until it landed on our shores here that if the whole world was like, oh shit, we need to do something about it. Remember Ebola? What happened to that? Yeah, it SARS, MERS, it's just, you know, these things happen and everyone's like, oh, it's fine. It's just, it doesn't, doesn't concern us. Yeah. It's, you know, third world countries, it's fine. But then the moment it lands on our shores, it's like, oh my God, we need to do something about it. I mean, you look how fast they, you know, they've, they've created this vaccine. It's just like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's the Western narrative, really. Yes, yeah. it's, it's definitely, but the narrative is, is so strong in the Western world, like, and it's, it's changed people's behavior, man. Like, even, even like high street retail i think that's a thing of the past man like e-commerce is definitely like uh prepped to take take over that that space now like fully. Well, it, was, it was always going to happen the high street yeah. was has been dying for the for last many. 10 years oh, but yeah. covid has just accelerated it by what by half but Catalyst. going back on going back on the narrative between the east and the west like it's amazing how how aggressive and how um strong like the the east's response to covid was you'll see bits of it like taiwan hasn't had a case in like what 200 days zero cases china wuhan they were able to open a festival um a water festival just because they they were confident that they were going to have zero cases so where you know we've kind of so with the west where there's this narrative of we're now going to have to live in a world of COVID-19. Like we're just going to have to accept the fact that this virus exists among us. Whereas in the East, it's like, oh, we've done that now. That was a hiccup in the road. Um, <laughs> now, now we're past it. But we're still living with it like day to day and like for what could be like years and years, depending on the vaccine. Because Western people don't listen. Yeah. And it's a, it's, a, it's a huge cultural thing. I mean, it's it's controversial to say, but it's such a cultural difference. I mean, don't me wrong. I, I grew up very Western. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm like a, I'm a rebel without cause. I, I, I do stupid things because I, I can. <laughs> but but I look at like you know in terms of how my parents grew up, like um you know my my dad for my mom, my my stepdad for one. He he used to be a really good football player when he was younger, uh, fully Chinese. But, and he, I think he had trials for Liverpool boys. So it's obviously, you know, play for the city, be great. But his granddad was like, no, you must work in the restaurants. Do you mean it's things like that? So he, so he, you know, he, the reason why our takeaway does so well is because he's been, you know, he's ever since he could lift the walk, he's been cooking. And that's like, a, that's obviously the, the, the Asian mentality. Whereas with me, I'm going to be wrong. I've, I've tried my hand at walk, uh, sort of using the walk. I just couldn't get it and I just give up. <laughs> um, but I think that that's that's very much that's a Western mentality uh, creeping through. Um, and you know, you look at like Hong Kong, China, Taiwan. When COVID happened, what happened? Everyone stayed indoors. Everyone stayed indoors. Yeah. No one complained. Everyone just stayed indoors. Man of a business, and the, you know, the virus eventually worked itself out. And they've also, you know, they've they've got you know previous examples of how to deal with these sort of um, you know these virus outbreaks. Whereas yeah. over here, everyone was just like, oh, it's fine. It's it's, it doesn't concern us. It's fine. It doesn't concern us. And then one day in March, they were Boris was like, "Shit, it concerns us now." And then, <laughs> to me, to me it, like it comes down to that Western um, 
Western ideal of individualism. It's like your your personal free rights is um, weighs more than the collective. Like everyone's like, I'm an individual. I'm allowed to do this. I have my own rights. If the if the laws and the rules say to do this, if I don't agree with it, I'm an individual. I have my own rights. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Like that's the, the Western mentality of individualism. Whereas in the East, it's so much of it is about the collective. Like in China, obviously they, they live in a communist world, but it's all about doing what's right as a collective for the entire country. And because they have that mentality, when it came to something like COVID and when it came to uh, a national effort of trying to, to solve something, everyone was on the same, like they could, they could all, they all just followed it and they were all just like, yeah, let's do it. Because they were on the same the wave, innit? Yeah, exactly. They realized that the collective is stronger than the individual. Whereas in the West, it's completely different. It's <laughs> some people are like, am I going to wear a mask? Oh, I ain't going to wear a mask. It's like, oh, am I going to sanitize my hand? Oh, fuck that, man. Do you know what I mean? I, I think the idea of but wearing if... masks as well in, in, in East Asia is like, it's always been prominent, like since the SARS days. So like, yeah, they're, yeah, keen, yeah. they're keen to wear masks. People wear them, people wear them just on a day to day, even if they're not ill. They just, because yeah. they don't want to go. My, my, my dad coined the credit. He was like, Western people aren't afraid to die. Whereas Asians <laughs> <Yeah>. are. <laughs> Asians, you know, obviously, you know, you know, like when I, I'm not sure if you guys are but when I was younger, you know, I used to go out a lot um, because I didn't have any Chinese friends. So all my friends were white and all, all my friends were always out on the weekend. We'd always go out, we'd drink in parks and stuff. And um, every time I go out, my mum's like, hey, you know, see what's on the air. And they find okay, call me, do you know what I mean? Stuff like yeah, that. Whereas, whereas I'd, I'd go out with her, I'd go meet my mates and then we'd leave their house and then um, see, you know, just a, a white household. And the mum'd be like, bye. <laughs> they like, does your mum not tell you to be safe? Does she not say she, call you? Does she not care? <laughs> does she not care? Yeah. Or like, um, you know, as soon as we get in, you know, it's, you know, this is your family. Have you, have you had dinner yet? Have you ate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas there, it's just like, hi, mum. Hi. And then, you know, we just go upstairs and play PlayStation. There's no, it's, yeah, it's just, just yeah, completely different culture. But no, I, I completely see that whole um, collective. And you see it in, obviously, you guys live in London, so it's a bit different. You, you know, probably the most diverse city in the, in the world. Up here, there aren't many Chinese people. Um, there's, I think Manchester's got quite, even though it's weird because Liverpool's the, we are the, I think the first Chinese set, like community was in Liverpool because of the docks. Yeah. You guys had the first Chinatown in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, although I, I think the China community in Manchester is a lot bigger. Um, okay. But even, yeah, even over here, over here, it's, you, you see, I mean, I, I guess the reason why I never, like, had a very Western upbringing and why I've got such weird views on, on life compared to other Chinese is because I grew up around white people, all my friends are white. I never felt, like I was outed for being Chinese. I thought I find more racism from the Chinese community for being half white than I did from the white community for being half Chinese. If that makes sense, yeah, um, it's really, really, yeah, really strange. So, I mean, you definitely see it when you're over here. You got little sort of pockets. I guess similar to London, obviously. You know, like you got places like there'll be areas in Deptford and in, in Peckham and Lucian where there's just Chinese people or Vietnamese people. Or, you know, people from East Asian communities just all live together in the same blocks in the same council states. Yeah, it's it's very much the same. Everyone just sort of sticks together, yeah. um, which I think you know it's it's partly it's partly our fault. Due to, with the whole sort of xenophobia at the start of it all, I say partly just because Chinese people don't integrate. If that makes sense. We we tend to stick to our own. Oh, definitely, we, definitely. Uh, which is 
I guess, I mean, like, you know, perfect example is my dad, my granddad did not know, my Chinese granddad, my gong didn't know about me to the day I was born because I was half white. My mum was too scared to tell him. Um, and it was actually my 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 uh, my auntie, my youngest auntie, who actually was like had to ring him up on the day I was born and be like, "You've got a grandson." Yeah. <laughs> dramatic, dramatic. So, story. what was your granddad's reaction? Um, he didn't like me at first. Um, he didn't like my dad. My like, obviously my biological dad didn't like my dad and um, didn't like me. Um, but I think eventually, I, you know. I was just a cute baby. So I was going to say, bro, that Donny Charm, bro. Nothing I won a little bit. And then and to me, I was, I was the, the favourite. Um, uh, yeah. And I was, you know, I'd, I'd do things like, I'd, I'd do the typical Chinese things for him. Like um, he, I think he eventually became disabled. So he was like, wheel, oh. he, he was in a wheelchair. Um, I'd like to help him upstairs to go to the toilet. Um, this, is, um, this is when I was like three or four years old, by the way. Um, I was living with my grandma. My grandma was at work, and I was living with my granddad. So I'd, I'd help him up the stairs to go to the toilet, up to bed. Eventually, they got a bungalow, and like I'd stay over all the time and I'd, I'd go like making tea in the mornings and stuff like that. So it's um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, that I think that's a very Chinese way of like living. If that makes sense. You mean you take care of your elders, you take care of your. You know, like none of like my wife friends ever had any sort of like, experience, and it's just there. It's a quite a responsibility for like. <laughs> yeah. I do think I do think with East Asians that we have a a, a greater um, kind of love for family, and there's a great there's more of a a focus point around uh, family and supporting each other. Not to say that um, you know uh, other other ethnicities but, don't support their family, yeah. but it's really really prominent, like to take care of your your mum, your your grandma, like uh, and to respect that kind of hierarchy as well, like. They're, they're your elders like you have to look after them and respect them take care but it's of just them. it's just so va- it's so valued within um eastern communities like eastern families so while well, you're so you're saying your granddad wasn't really he was kind of a bit wary of you because you were half white he wasn't really a fan of your biological dad no no 100 percent. yeah um this when i was just born i've him looked after him and showed those kind of qualities Oh, and I, must I was, have endeared you to. It must have endeared you to him. Do you know what I mean? Well, I was his, favorite. Um, mm. I'm not sure if it's because I was the first born, but I was. I was. I was definitely the favorite amongst the the grandchildren that he knew whilst he was still around. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's nice. I mean, obviously, I, it's like I, so I spoke fluent Cantonese, and I think that the, when I was younger as well, I spoke fluent Hakka as well. So I was very. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was very. Would he Chinese. be happy with you that, with all these uh, tattoos? <laughs> um i'm not you know what right so this is um this is going off track a bit it's just a, a funny story so me and my okay my, my my uncle he's 11 years older than me so we're you know we're, we're not too far apart in, in terms of the age gap um now my grandma my opa boy so his mom my grandma my mom's mom every time we see but this is like you know years ago she'd be like you know i'll study hard you know, don't smoke, don't drink, don't get any tattoos, don't do this, don't do this. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Obviously, I, you know, I, I didn't study hard. I drank, I smoked, I got loads of tattoos. So I completely did the complete opposite. Um, but my grandma didn't know. And um, at my, so it's just me and my cousin found this. So my cousin smokes. Um, and my grandma caught my cousin smoking once. And uh, my auntie was shouting at him. But my grandma goes, oh, it's okay. Um, your Uncle George used to smoke. So my Uncle Alfie's like, your Uncle George used to smoke. So he was like, Oh, so it's okay because he used to smoke. 
Um, obviously, this is before she knew they smoke out. Uh, we were always sort of like shouting at her smoking and drinking. And then it was at my old uncle's wedding. Um, I was just minding my own business, you know, mingling as I do. And then my mum calls me over and she's like, and I sort of popped over. I was like, what's that? What's, you know, so she goes, oh, show your grandma your tattoos. And I was like, what tattoos? <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, no, no, no. She's like, no, no, no. Show them. I was like, what tattoos? And she's like, no, no, it's okay. Um, she's seen your Uncle George's and it's okay now. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so whatever Uncle George does, it's just gospel and it's fine. Um you should so just I, tell I him to do everything that you want to do. Yeah, basically. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe that's that's, that's why. I mean, my, my tattoos sort of end with my my, with my sleeves, and I wouldn't get them above my neck. So as long as I sort of wear a jumper or a shirt, I'm I'm, I'm fully covered. You can't tell. So, so basically, any, any anything bad that you want to do, just make sure your uncle does it first, and it, it's all okay. And you hide it. Yeah. You, you hide, hide it. it. Yeah. You hide it until the truth is out. <laughs> yeah. Until the coast is clear. That's cool. So we were talking, so you were mentioning you had like a lot of friends who are white and then because yeah. when we talk about our um, childhood growing up, we grew up in a lot of Chinese communities and we experienced a lot of racism, well, casual racism from um, people from different ethnicities. But your story is quite different the fact, in the fact that you never got it from them at all. And it was more from Chinese people that um, gave you well, racism. Well, 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 yeah, when you still look at racism, there's, there's, there's two different things. I mean, you look at... Even from the casual to the... So, no, don't be wrong. I mean, obviously, growing up, I grew up in a very poverty-stricken white area. Um, mm. Casual racism. It, it was a thing, but I think, in a sense, I, I owned that casual racism. Um, I never let it get to me. Um, and sometimes, I, you know, I, I flip on the head. I mean, be, if I, it's like what, what, what Eminem does. Like, you, you take the piss out of yourself. No one else can take the piss out of you. So yeah. it's sort of... Um, it's always casual racism. Um, for me personally, as long as it's not maliciously meant, I've never really worried about it. You know, it's, I I take the piss out of people. You know, I've got a friend who's well, one of my closest friends. He's black, and I take the piss out of him constantly. Um, he takes the piss out of me constantly for being uh, Chinese. I mean, we we call each other um, Jackie Chan and, and uh, Chris Tucker from Wish Hour. Um, yeah, so it depends. I mean, but there's there's been cases where people sort of you know casually drop like the c word around me, and it's really it just sets me off. Um, but no, uh, going back to to the whole sort of Chinese and, and, and white I mean my friends growing up were all white and there were a lot of people on like the estates around us who were quite maliciously racist to me and they always stood up for me like mm. we'd always we'd get into scraps we'd fight we'd shout we'd argue we'd you know we'd run away together we'd do you know we'd we'd just be like council estate oh, lads yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so to me that wasn't it was never that deep I mean for me, people being racist are just uneducated, ignorant fools. Mm. It was more what, what I guess what hurt more was racism from Chinese community. That I guess that that a lot of that struck deep just because I never felt like I was fully welcome into that community. Um, mm. Like I said, I mean, I'm not sure if I ever said it. Like I said, I, I never really felt Chinese until I was 16, and that's when I, I started sort of coming down to London. I started meeting more Chinese people, Birmingham, Manchester, and I felt more more welcomed obviously by by the, our generation but at the time given that you know it's a predominantly white city um i didn't really know many people my age so it was all older people yeah and i just never i just never felt welcome really it was always um i remember there was I, there was a time where i was i was helping a friend with like a a chinese thing my bob 
can't remember what, I can't remember what it was, but I, I, I sent the picture in the group chat once. I had like the you know the the full on um, gold outfit, um, and I was it was just helping a friend, and it was on, it was in like a, a Chinese like pagoda or something in Manchester, and some woman goes, uh, oh, oh, didn't go one day I say anything. Do you know what I mean? And I was just like, yeah. I was like, wow, like <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I can fucking understand what you're saying. I, I can speak Chinese, yeah, I can speak yeah, Cantonese, yeah, yeah. and like you're just gonna say it to my face like that. I was just like, okay, so um, yeah, just, just explain like, that. Yeah. Just explain that for the non-Chinese um, speakers. It was like a, it was like a, you were like people were like doing like um, like not, not fancy dress, but it was dress. dress uh, Chinese, Chinese king, and basically, someone oh, know that you know, Chinese kings could be white or could yeah. be Western. And I was just like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I know I felt I definitely felt more you know racism from that side, um, especially with like sort of some sort of sometimes our friends' parents as well. And uh, when they found out, like, I was halfway, I mean, like I said, I'm not the conventional Chinese guy, but I've, I've always had dyed hair, piercings, tattoos, and stuff like that. So I've always been like, you know, gone, gone against the I've got to guess the grain a bit, and um, I've always felt a bit more, yeah, just but a even, bit, a bit out. Yeah, yeah. But even then, it's like um, I've never understood that you have to be one hundred percent of one thing to feel like you, you should belong in a community. Do you know what I mean? It's like mixed race people. No, and the, 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 the so ironic thing is, I mean, as the both of you know, I mean, my, I mean, my isn't the best, but it's probably better than, definitely better than. Michael Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree totally there. Definitely got me on the ropes of the Chinese. Uh, like my my yeah, my Chinese, my my like pronunciation, my vocabulary. It's it's yeah. it's definitely better than a lot of like like some of the people I was hanging around with or I've hung hung around with. Better than their kids. Yeah, yeah I'm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they make me feel like I'm. I don't want to say inadequate. Inadequate a powerful word, but it's it's you know similar to 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 something similar to that. Feel like you weren't fully Chinese. No, hundred percent. And obviously, yeah. I've, I've obviously I, I look, I don't look white, so I've never really felt fully white in there. It's so sort of, it's the I guess that's the problem with Mexicans. We, we never really feel like we're part of one thing. You're sort of in limbo. Then I think that comes from the the community and how they embrace you, because it's mm. like um, that. Well, that was the sort of attitude so long ago, right? It was like, well, where do you fit? Are you black? Are you white? Are you? It's like um my well trying sister um she will probably most likely marry like a bank bangladeshi man Big up, so, they're, so they're gonna have um mixed kids as well but just because he's half bangladeshi i'm not just suddenly gonna say he's not vietnamese as well because he is he's half vietnamese well that kid would be half vietnamese as well and it was just about oh, fully embracing fully. into the family yeah 100%. and it's like it doesn't matter what half they are they're part of the family like you should just embrace them and accept them i think i think like 50 100 years down the line most people will probably be uh you know tan colored you know there'll be so much uh mixing of of ethnicities yeah um and uh hopefully hopefully racism is uh it moves away from from all of this i mean personally i feel like you know we should unify as one one race one human race because then we can move we can talk about energy but then we can't do that we can't well we can't do that with all these policies of like no, stricter yeah. borders yeah. um keeping nations within nations not allowed to mix cultures or like uh you know not wanting um countries to have other other cultures and races 
then you know that's such a backward step towards this um this goal of having just one human race rather than seeing pockets of pockets of identities every country's like that i mean especially if you look at obviously from a chinese point of view i mean if black people in china it's just like non-existent <laughs> and you know I mean, it's it's we're very um yeah people are, i wouldn't say yeah is it racist is it traditional is it what would you call it i mean is it, some people aren't malicious with it they just it's all they know yeah it's, i mean it's, education it's like, ignorance it's almost like preservation of your culture right yeah it's like uh where you see those um who was that actor? Like, I think Reese something. But he's like a really old-fashioned actor in his like 60s, 70s. I think he, did, he was like classic British um, comedies. Mm. And he he kind of hates um, the kind of multicultural country that England is in now because that that typical English culture is being diluted and it's being kind of withered away. Like the same um, classic English jokes that he did back in the 80s and 70s doesn't really exist in today's world so he he seems like kind of a racist um that's all he knows but he's just concerned of you know british culture being eroded away so i kind of get that but at the same time i think it's i don't know it's, I mean, it's it'd be interesting to see what because we we come from quite a unique generation um, I mean, the, the transition from, I guess, the late 80s, the 90s to the, the noughties, the 2000s, is so different. It's, you know, it's, 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 it happens so quick. Um, with sort of advancement of technology, people, sort of rights, everything, it just happens so quick in that, in that you know, in the, in the, I guess, you know, from like 85 to 2005, those two decades, you know, a lot happened. And in maybe 20, 30 years time, when a lot of these people have moved on, um, it'd be interesting to see what people's thoughts are then. Because like you said, I mean, a lot of people, especially, you know, people who fight, you know, all these people who are defending, defending the Churchill statues and defending all these statues of, or, you know, the slave owners being pulled down and stuff. It's like, I I don't think they, like, like we, me, me and you spoke this, Lam. I don't think we, I don't yeah, yeah. think the statues should be up. Uh, maybe they should be in a museum, but I don't think they should be, destroyed because it was a it may be um but i don't know it's 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 i guess it depends on how you look at it really but it's just like yeah it's like it's just it's how guess, people I, view things it, at the time yeah, yeah yeah and right now like those those statues being up represent a, a a kind of um uh the way the population has been uh, around that kind of racism it's like especially with black lives matter like um it, it was a real catalyst uh recently seeing george floyd and and all of that happen so you know at the time and it's really really prominent in a lot of people's minds and it, uh, it draws back to the question like why uh, is this here for so long when it represents so much um you know pain and especially to a lot of people like i i get the the defamation of or whatever um and and people uh would would you know maybe say there was better ways to take them down but i do think that um you know if they draw back to painful memories for a lot of people um and the kind of thing that it represents it, it shouldn't be up because it will affect you know 
the 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 general population's morale together to stand to to be together if you have that as a symbol there it's like um uh, i don't know it's like leaving a piece of shit in your house like on the stairway and just letting it letting it be you know what i mean like like it's always just been there you know what i mean you just leave it there and let it dry up and like it's not nice to to be there you know what i mean and it's always gonna smell rough you know all of that (laughs) but um but yeah yeah, that's where i was going with that analogy it makes me think that obviously you see those statues um and probably no one really knew what that person did um, what their history was but then what shocks me is that once you did find out and then you realize that he was a terrible slave owner he was uh did atrocities um to to people of color and indigenous cultures there are still a section of people that are like i still don't down i still want to celebrate this person that have this statue up because that's what a statue is a celebration of their achievements mm. but then even when you realize that what they did were bad and they were atrocities there's still a section of them that are like oh no i don't mind it up actually and that's that's what kind of boggles me because it's like you know they did these atrocious things and here we are trying to celebrate it and you're okay with that so that's what boggles me and i'm like we should just take it down because why are you going to celebrate a, a person who did bad things and, and to, i get at to... the, and i get at the time when he was alive the the landscape and the political the political landscape and the social landscape was very different and it was probably very very normal for him to for that person to to be doing those things but now we're in today and we're able to look back on that retrospectively do we still want to celebrate it do you know what i mean i mean i mean definitely anybody who's like up for for still celebrating it is a uh, is sus man sus behavior bro <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with me it's, it's, someone described to me as their their beacons of racism <laughs> yeah man that is a good way to look at it <laughs> the beacon of racism uh, and, these, and, and the racists are drawn towards it but well it, it, it tends to the people who are drawn towards it tend to be those who similar to, to what we were saying before the, the ones who are like you know what they're trying to sort of hang on to their colonial ways and, and yeah. yeah it's it's yeah it's a it's a, it's a, it's a sticky one still I think <laughs> look, in terms of in terms of like culture and and celebrating things that were like um you know uh good and and you know fantastic about British culture yeah fine let's just keep the best bits but leave the worst bits it's like that's how you get better right like why um why are we celebrating shit that's that's obviously clearly in today's day and age obviously then well, it wasn't clear but today's well, day and age is clear well here's a statue that's really um controversial would be Winston Churchill right because mm. he did um atrocious things to to i think i can't remember what countries but i think it was like definitely india like complete racist towards them he was part of genocides and was responsible for wiping out colonies and villages and towns for the purpose of the british empire but at the same time he's our most celebrated hero because he was the prime minister that um stopped the world, world war ii that saved world war ii so obviously he did some great things but he did some terrible things as well and so where would you take your stand on that is it, is it worth taking it down or is it worth because that's I, a tricky one for me i think look mm. if if it's if it's um uh like really upsetting a vast majority of people it's like it's the clear message is to take it down like but obviously it, it won't be it won't be um it won't for, be for the vast majority because the vast majority is white and, and i don't think what, the vast majority of people uh uh 
in the UK. In the UK, yeah, yeah, 100%. UK, probably like what, you reckon 80, we're not 90... multi, multi, more multicultural now in London, yeah, not in the rest of the time, well. in London, it's still a majority white, I think it's like 55, yeah, 55, 60 percent, and then I the think... rest of the UK is probably 80, 90 percent white. Personally, I think, yeah, definitely it's a take, take down situation, you know what I mean, like, um. It, but now you you're saying the minority the now you're no, saying but, the minority should be but you know what it represents as even for for this country right like it it represents that you're you know every everything that they've done that is bad is trumped by what they've done you know before world war Two. but i it, it's dicey you know what i mean like putting up some some sort of um dicey, statue yeah, yeah. to to celebrate um somebody is gonna hurt a lot of people right because uh it's a tough one. You're never, you're, you're never gonna please everyone. Yeah. It's it's, it's like I've one of my one of my best friends. Um, we've never met the guy. He's he's from a place called Derry in Ireland. Um, so not Ireland. Well, right. So he's from Derry in Northern Ireland. Um, he would say there's no Northern Ireland. There's only Ireland. Um, mm. and obviously that you know places in Derry are where you know there's the, the sort of the massacres of 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 sort of what I can't remember what it was called now, but it was a you know big big massacre by the british army so he will never wear a poppy yeah and it's like i was like no ask him why is like because of the atrocities that the british army have committed in ireland so he'll never wear a poppy um but poppies are widely celebrated i mean i wear a poppy uh poppies are widely celebrated so that's like saying well should we not have poppies should we cancel poppies because they're gonna piss someone off oh yeah dicey in this uh I guess, I mean, it's hard to know in every single, you know, nuance about that certain thing, you know, like I think as a, as, as a poppy and the UK kind of culture, like it's really big with the the wearing that poppy and what we're doing today, like celebrating um, uh, by, you know, donating for the red poppies, like it's, it's charitable. I mean, obviously if the charities are fantastic and you know we're actually supporting a good cause then then you know there is a there's a silver lining to that but um yeah it, it's dicey man to bring up something that's going to upset a, a large would, number of people man michael would you ever wear a poppy uh i i typically don't because i just i, I, I it don't, don't mean anything to us right no it doesn't mean anything to me like it's something that they did in school and the minute silence but i don't think them things are gonna really be effective in doing what they're supposed to do like if you really want to make those changes there's there's far greater things that you can do like what i, I swear the poppy as well is a is that a cocaine plant bro i don't know but i know i know people who who are so invested in the poppy and they have such a strong emotional connection to wearing a poppy like sim symbolic it has so much symbolic meaning to to people to, to some people that they really wear that poppy with pride Yes. really trying to remember that remember the the people that gave their lives to make this country what it is today but to me when i look at a poppy um i, I have no skin in that game i have no skin in wearing a poppy like my, my grandparents did didn't do anything for the british empire um you know like if anything um the british empire probably did stuff to to my great grandparents <laughs> yeah. so definitely did like, i have no skin in the game to wear a poppy at all but I'm not going to shout my opinion from the top of the rooftops and say, damn everyone who wears poppies. Cause yeah. Hey man, I wear a poppy. 
I, I, yeah, look, I it's think completely I, fair. It's completely like we live in that age where we have to be mindful of other people and what their beliefs are. Um, but I think it, it, you know, in this day and age, is also dicey as well because uh, a lot of things um, cross over. Man, they just everything crosses over, and it's like you could upset one group of people. You can uh, so it, it is learning to move forward from a lot of the pain, um, and and having all of these things that hold on to a lot of the past as well um they can they can you know it's good remembering all these people and what they've done and all that but it's not um it's holding along uh, uh onto a lot of past man like i think if we can only learn from the past and create a better future and which is very very ambiguous in itself to say that but you know that poppy thing needs to you know eventually i reckon it will die off like it won't forever be prominent in the in the british culture i i think moving like if we go hundred years down the line, I think that poppy thing will be a forgotten memory. I think there'll be some other atrocity that's happened that will be, you know, some sort of other charity. What do you, what do you think would drive? That. What do you think would drive lower engagement of poppy use to the point of extinction in a hundred years? I think time. Time is the biggest here because a lot of those people who celebrate it um, more heavily are a lot of the older generation who hold on to mm. that and um, respect for a lot of people who fought in those wars and and what those values represent but i think like with a lot of the gen z's um they're looking into the past and they look at it with a kind of out of the box view and then they're, they're seeing it from not taking sides but they're trying to view the whole picture a lot uh, uh, the conversation is definitely blowing up more and a lot of things are coming up from the past and then like oh actually so and so it wasn't actually such a great guy you know they did a lot of shit as well so are we really still should we still be celebrating this i think we, as time goes by a lot of these things are, will, will die off as well well the probably thing i definitely mean the the main the main like place that the all the donations go to are to veterans um and as time goes on less wars are waged there will be less veterans i guess um so i think yeah they do they, open but I, I do agree with you what you mean what you say in the sense that um we shouldn't celebrate these people for the atrocities they've done but i do think they need to be respected for some of the things they have done mm. yeah do you know what i mean so it's that's why i say you know statues and stuff like that you know throw them in a museum people want to go there and, and you know and, and praise these statues then you know that's their prerogative they can do that but i don't think I, like you know i don't think they should be like you know, said like beacon beacons of racism for everyone to, to lo and behold because um, I'm wrong, like, like, like I mean, I mean, me and me and Lam were looking into this. The whole Chinese people were slaves things, um, which no one seems to acknowledge or no one seems to understand that we were also slaves. Just because we're good at math doesn't mean we're, we we <laughs> we weren't slaves before. Do you know what I mean? Um, and 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 yeah, like, you know, people like Brit British British people have, have shit on the Chinese for decades, for centuries and centuries, but. Like you know, some of the things that they've done, I I would say I do respect it. Um, I think that you know the fellow who did um, guys in St Thomas, the one the we mean me and you were talking about this when we were um, yeah, yeah, the, the the fellow who, found, who I'm not sure if he founded or gave a lot of money to guys in St Thomas's, but he was a slave owner. Yet his hospital has probably saved millions of lives. So yeah. you know stuff like that. He shouldn't respect it for sort of things that he's actually done to, to benefit this country and, and the people who live in it i think i think it's clear that that at the end of the day everybody is human and they do 
good stuff and they do bad stuff and um, oh, like shit. that's just it's just <laughs> no <on>. shit Sherlock <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying like, like even so in the most basic view right like people are you know they they they, they do good things and they do bad things it's the yin and the yang right but like I think just moving forward into the future we're just celebrating the best parts and leave them um, being aware of of the of the atrocities and and having yeah just a a, a knowledge of the past like um it's, it's going to be difficult moving forward isn't it because obviously it holds so much weight and emotional pain for a lot of people so that wins so you're fine with the winston churchill um statue then because in a in a by that like by that with, logic. with donnie with in a museum like for people who want to know in about our history it's it's important right like but not as a statue no on trafalgar no, I, I guess at this point it causes too much pain for a lot of people. And it's like um, the world needs to move. And if you keep sticking to your old ways and we don't move forward, then we're never going to progress. We're never so just moving it from one place to the other. I mean, if you have a museum full of it, <laughs> I mean, just yeah, asking, but... pinpointing a target there. Let's just ransack the place. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Just there's no, there's no, there's no easy way to solve this, is there? Yeah. I mean, no maybe way. just leave in the history books. Like I said, there's, there's no easy way to say because you're gonna you're always gonna piss someone off no matter what yeah and, i mean i do think it, life. i do think i do think right now right the the, the emotion is a lot higher uh, well mm. you say that but i mean that's one thing that really annoyed me not about the whole not about the actual black lives matter movement but just black lives matter the whole how everyone decided to shout from the rooftops and then three days later everyone forgot about it it's just yeah. i mean yeah. it's so many people are really quiet about it anything. No, they're not quiet. They just completely forgot about it mm. until um, someone else of, of color is is mowed down by someone white, it's and then they'll happening. pipe up again. It's still happening. hundred percent. hundred fucking percent. Daily and weekly in America, and it's still a, a, a daily problem. Um, and even more worse is for black women because uh, what I learned the other day actually is that because uh, black women uh, are not put in the media lines, and uh, that a lot of black women go, uh, you know. Um, forgotten but they're actually you know happening just as often as as black males in america um and it's and this is it of it being intersectional they're both um black and they're a woman so um it, it lies at the cusp of, of of uh you know two things you know um and it was it's it's quite important to, to to understand that those people are suffering from uh could be oh the the negatives from being a woman um and then the negatives from being uh, black as well so it's doubled down it's like it's twice as bad and um it's just it's just quite saddening um but there's a, a lot of stuff that goes on in the social media world that is just just for the bandwagon hype and um people not really uh wanting to continue that conversation because it's quite it's quite tough to talk about uh in a world where people are trying to sell you know happiness and 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 products and shit and when you're talking about um you know actual problems uh some people kind of get clammed up they get clammed up and they don't they don't they're, they're worried about saying the wrong thing and um you know pissing off their their employers and, and getting you know you know not getting their peas no more because they you know they believe in something else mm -hmm. so it's a it's a it's a it's a weird time um for for you know yeah. and social media i think needs to to definitely shift uh, but i think social media is going to change as well man because there's a lot of uh, issues with it now and, and it's mainly just become like uh, a sales website you know you're just selling mm. your product now 
You're selling yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's less about those those important kind of issues. And I think, I think yeah, the, even, the, even the next generation, the, I don't know what they'll call them, Gen, Gen X or, or whatever, I don't know, man. They, it's going to bring about an, a different way of, of, of seeing the situation. And, and uh, a lot of these um, things hopefully will progress a lot more because, you know, yeah. even even the way that, um, you know, uh, Gen Z's view uh, masculinity, that's changing. Uh, mm. and, and, you know, people are just talking about being um, non-binary and that's that's more prominent and people, uh, you know, not seeing masculinity as a as a kind of sexy thing, this toxic masculinity. It's not sexy. Yeah. So but work, I, Michael. I, so work. I, 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 well, one thing I do like about that, though, is like um, now, obviously, before the preference was like, you know, muscles, people who were stacked. Now the preference is on dad bods. So it is. And in my elements. <laughs> so it's worked, working in your favor. Working in my favor. Donnie just seems to always I love in it. the right place. Yeah, man. You don't. I love the dad bod. Don't need to go uh, to the gym anymore. Get me that beer, Benny. I don't know. Of course. Um, but health problems. So me, me and you, Donny, have been talking a lot about um, kind of world affairs, global affairs, like BLM as well. Um, but one thing we we talk about quite a lot is is Hong Kong and its relationship with China and the fact that it's it's going through this um, a monumentous change in its in its history and it's it's at a pivotal moment in in its in in where it is as a country um you so your mum was is from hong kong and her whole family is from hong kong and you were correct me if i'm wrong but you were raised in hong kong for a few years as well um so my so my grandma and my granddad are from hong kong my stepdad's from hong kong they were born there my mum was actually born here in halifax oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've actually been back hong kong more times than her she, she hasn't gone back much but she's like i mean she still speaks Hakka to like the family mm-hmm. uh not to their kids because they can't understand it but um yeah she's still she's she, i mean english i'm sure english was her first language i can't remember what her language was mm. but she she speaks like anthony does do i mean her english is shit <laughs> 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 but, but her chinese is on point um um yeah i know so i was obviously I, I was born here mixed um but my like my auntie and my grandma used to always take me back to Hong Kong. Um, and I've, I wouldn't say I've been raised, but I've spent like long periods of times out there, like mm. like, like nine months, 12 months. Um, that's again, like I had to, in order for me to go over, they had to get me a tutor. Yeah. So like, this is like before, I think now if they did that, they'd get like fines and stuff like that. But basically what they did was they just went to my school and said, look, we want to take him to, to Hong Kong for X amount of time. What does he need to know? And they would literally grab, this is the curriculum. If you can find a tutor, go for it so they found me tutor so i'd literally i'd wake so up every day and i'd go to this uh i can't remember i can picture his face in like so clear but i can't remember his name uh, but yeah i just go and sit with him for four or five hours a day and he'd teach me what i'd be learning in school and then i'd go about my day in hong kong so hong kong has a really sort of close place to your heart a hundred percent um yeah. it's I, I, yeah people always find it strange because I'm, I'm not even i'm not a i'm not from there be I'm, I'm not even full chinese but for me going to hong kong it feels like it's like a second home it's like a home from home mm. um i mean when you know every time i've been to hong kong it's always been with uh well recently anyway it's been with uh, like a an ex-girlfriend and we 
we'd literally we'd go out to the restaurants that you know have like broken lights <laughs> yeah. you know or like yeah, yeah. like the the the, 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 lo- the local mm. the local restaurants and we go eat mm. you know, stuff like that you know very very we very rarely went to like big fancy places a because it's yeah. really expensive and b because we just we just like i don't know we just like being in hong kong we enjoy the atmosphere yeah it might be different if i lived there um but yeah, going back, it was like it's like a home away from home. Um, I'd, I'd go out and I'd happily like you know, done dodgy flip flops, wear a mm. shirt, and have my belly out. <laughs> <laughs> Pioneering the, the dad bod from day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Hong Kong's always had a, a close place in the heart. Um, and the whole thing that went on, I was very, you know, I was, I was, I was, yeah, I was quite, I was quite upset. I was, I was reposting stuff daily. I was, I was researching. I was looking into things every day. This, I was, is, this I was, is the whole thing with the Hong Kong police. Um, clamping down on protesters that wanted to keep Hong Kong independence and wanted to stop China from having an influence in day-to-day affairs. That's just funny, some, you, some context. Yeah, it's funny you say this because a few days ago I got like a notification from um, from Instagram or something where I posted up a picture and it was like a year ago is when um, the police held, or the, 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 the students boarded themselves into to Hong Kong Polytechnic and like it was yeah it was crazy <laughs> the police were holding the siege mm-hmm. and like there was um, a there was a journalist uh, i think her name's lauren lauren something um and she was there at the time and she had like she had like a live instagram feed of what was going on and the the organization was ridiculous um the way the how organized these these you know 18 19 20 year old students were was ridiculous compared to like i look back to, to i guess like you know the, the blm movement stuff like that and it was just like there's such a stark difference um like if you know if, if obviously it wouldn't happen in a place like hong kong because they're obviously controlled by the chinese overlords um but over over here i mean they could really take some lessons from how they are how they operated just because it was so it's so smooth yeah um it was just stuff like i mean not, you know, not to incite any violence or stuff like that but it's just like the frontliners would like be on the front lines and they'd be like messages passed back and then you know you'd see like videos of people of them stopping and starting and that's some of them to when they stop is to give the people who are actually actually on the front line who are actually you know taking the hit from the police to give them time to run away yeah uh, and everyone else to cover it's like yeah it was crazy it was like it was you know, so strategic i think i've seen like some a, videos i think like a smoke bomb was thro- by the hong kong police was thrown at the protesters and then there was like a quick plan of action on how to defuse that smoke 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 bomb like they got yeah. like a cone put it over it and then they put something on top of it duh, 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 and then the smoke bomb just like went out instantly and it was just like they were so it was efficient so in the way they moved yeah yeah they were just so able to to, yeah, to battle a, the, the hong kong police and like at the time like me and my dad or me and my, my, my stepdad my stepdad chinese just in case anyone doesn't know yeah uh, over dad the actual dad he's raised me since i was like six or seven um but yeah me and him would, would bicker constantly because he was insults and i was like no it's fucking not <laughs> he's like yeah it's all the students so they deserve it I'm like no they fucking don't <laughs> um but yeah so yeah it was it was i guess it was it was, it was a strange time for myself and, and, and my family as well i mean we've still got family who live over there um we've got i mean we've got we've still got property in the village that we're from um family still over there it's just been yeah it's just strange 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 time oh yeah fucking hell, yeah. I've, yeah i've got yeah. a lot of friends over there yeah. um yeah, who, Alex, so, who, moved, who moved over there and, uh, and I still, yeah, remember Phil's uh, 
Reddit picture. Reddit. <laughs> I can't believe he got famous. He was famous for like three or four days. Yeah, it was, and it was so epic. He looked so hedge holding his takeaway. I love, oh, I love we that. Need, we need to post that on our Instagram. I, I definitely think we should. Like, yeah. that, that, one's, that one's gang. That one's really, really gang. I, I can't remember who found it. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, and then all the photoshops that <laughs> they did to him <laughs> and put him in different scenery. Yeah. Like that actually made, that was quite a good, good something to come out of um, all of that pain. Yeah. <laughs> but bringing it, bringing it back to your kind of conversations with your dad and how you two would bicker on opposing views. I find that happens across all, all um, people who are like one generation older than us, like my dad, my uncles, all of them, they all seem to are in the wrong. It's like pro-police. Like I went to, I went on holiday to LA and I was talking to my uncles there and they were like, oh, kill them all, hate them all. Wow. Just like, whoa, that's some, that's some strong views. <laughs> Still, my dad, he's like, look, Hong Kong's part of China, this, this and that. But it's so crazy how there's a, such a mismatch of opinions on this. And it's, 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 and it's going back to what we said earlier in terms of, we're more we obviously grew up in a western world so we're more our ideals are more aligned with western values of freedom of speech you know just being free in general whereas, whereas over there obviously they you know as quite like i said it's part of china so they should conform within you know china's rules and regulations but it's like well you know to a certain extent i, I can see what you mean but they've had 100 years of freedom albeit for the wrong reasons i mean the reason why hong kong ended up in the hands of britain is disgusting they sold them drugs. Yeah, exactly. Opium. <laughs> they sold them drugs and said, "Right, you know what? We'll have that. We'll have that city." Um, but I mean, so yeah, the way in which they 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 acquired it is, is disgusting. But you know, moving on from that, the people of Hong Kong have experienced some sort of autonomy and freedom for the for, you know a good century. And I feel as a, you know someone who's grown up with, I guess, you know, Western Western ideas, Western values in terms of freedom of speech and sort of human it sort of struck a chord with me. It's like, well, they, they should be given the, you know, the basic. As a week ago, um, the picture come out within the like, Hong Kong parliament and the opposition side is completely empty because they've all, been, they've all gone. There's no more democratic yeah. party in yeah, Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's upsetting. Hong uh, people, because they're stuck in a proxy between China and the West and, they don't really have much room to maneuver as as a group of Hong Kong people. You either need to take the side of China or you need to take the side of the West. Like you can't really just because be if it's just the thing. Hong Kong people, mm. then obviously they're going to be outpowered by China. You can't, you can't but, just yeah, you can't be a Hong Kong person anymore. You have to be West yeah, or you have to be China. Exactly, and it annoys me that they need to rely on the West because it's like when it came to BLM like the the uk america you know the government they were all like they were so against the protests they were so you can't do this you can't um like they were just very anti for the protests whereas as soon as the conversation switched to, to hong kong it was completely different oh they should be allowed to protest they should be allowed to do this they should be allowed to do that and it's they're just ch changing their their tune just to it's kind of them. like a political message to to say to to be with the Hong Kong people and be, be against what the Chinese Chinese government are doing. So that's what kind of frustrates me is, is, the, is that 
Hong Kong on these Western powers like America, UK. But I feel like America and the West don't have Hong Kong's best interest at heart. What, where their interest lies is trying to is trying to um, break up China as as one thing because they have strategies on how to break up China, like separate Hong Kong, separate Taiwan, separate the Xinjiang. I, I I completely agree. I mean, over the don't get me wrong. I mean, my my obviously my my stance still like still sticks with Hong Kong, but there's just reading and doing a lot more research over the sort of like past few months and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm I'm I'm, I'm British. <laughs> I'm British, and I obviously grew up here and stuff like that. But there's some of the things they do that I really don't agree with. Um, I I don't know if that's the you know the, the general feeling of people as a whole now, given that more people are more woke as it as it were. But it's just like I mean, you look at you know recently came to light that America was was funding the um, funding the students. I mean, to be fair, it was a bit fishy the way they got, but they went from you know face masks and whatever they could find to full on gas masks and body armor. Exactly. Um, and it's it's it's. It's not unheard of with the US doing stuff like that. I mean, the CIA, I mean, it was built essentially to destabilize economy and countries and stuff like that. You look at what they did in, in like the Middle East and stuff like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's what they do as a whole. So, yeah. I mean, yes, I, I believe Hong Kong should be allowed to be the way, but I don't agree the way in which the, the West views the East at all. I mean, like, you know, the whole, the whole COVID thing, we weren't taken seriously. Um, and I'm going to, in a, in a way, disagree with what you said. I mean, I think the West has been far more supportive with Black Lives Matter than it has anything else. Mm. Uh, even Asian, even like some people who are you know, South Asian, Asian descent, um, who, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I spoke to these, to, you this, to you about this before as well, where I was so annoyed that I was seeing not people reposting and spreading awareness about BLM, the fact that they weren't doing that when Hong Kong was 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 on the siege, when you know when Hong Kong was getting battered every day, when it was in the news, and, you know it made the news over here, and nothing was nothing was said. I mean, you know these these are places where your family are from. Um, yeah, you're you're not gonna support your own kind. You know what is it? I mean, it's just, it's like I, don't know, I said. Imagine, you know, I, someone from I don't know someone someone black being like, oh no, I'm not gonna repost anything. Black Lives Matter doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. That community would be an outlaw, but ours wasn't for some reason, and it really, really, I really, it kind of upset me and yeah, pissed yeah, me yeah. off a lot. The fact that um, you know they got they, not not they sounds really bad that the whole Black Lives Matter movement got so much support when ours didn't, and it's just like, why not? Yeah. Why? What? Why does no one? Why does no one ever support Chinese people? Yeah. Um, even you know, if so if I was going on the road and call someone and then where I'd do you know what I mean everything's cool, but you know, the way that the scene was used to describe getting a Chinese takeaway and it was fine. And to be fair, some people in some in some places it still is fine and it's just like it just it boggles the mind. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I mean the the, the whole I think in terms of racism when people say, you know, Chinese people are you know they don't suffer, and I think we suffer worse racism because it's overlooked. And no one has an issue with being racist towards Chinese people because yeah. we're Chinese, maybe yeah, because we we're passive. We said this for the longest time, and it's like our, our our pain kind of gets overlooked often, um, and it's it's partly on our on our heads as well because we don't we don't shout out about it as well, but um, partly yeah, we, we just 
a lot of it, it just gets overlooked it gets brushed off like even even the whole like uh um with east asians in in media and using it to attach to covid19 stories like that was like wildly overlooked for the longest time it still happens i mean um what's the name uh Vivian, i still post it it's still happening it, it mm. doesn't change yeah yeah, it happened even recently, as recent as a few days ago when they were talking about the tears. They had an image of two two Asian women as the highlight. It, it, was, it, was, it was just, was it? I sent you that picture where it was like something about pubs and they found this random, it's like stock image of this this Chinese woman. <laughs> and she dressed, was in like a German outfit. Yeah, in like, um, in like those, um, Oct- you know, um, Oktoberfest like yeah. outfits. And they're just like, where the fuck did you find this from? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They must have really searched the archives for that one. Yeah. To try to try and relate it to whatever the article was, it's just yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a myth, man. I mean, I think one of the big things why racism towards Asians is so often overlooked is they think that we're immune to it because we're regarded as overachievers and we're regarded as um, a success story. Like we we have that model minority stereotype attached to us, and then that kind of invalidates anything that we want to say when we want to speak up about. Um, injustices towards our community because the immediate defense that they that the the people perpetuating these racist ideas to us is that well you got you're super successful aren't you well you have super money or don't you like what worries do you have compared to, that, compared that, to that, that, that in itself I mean? is racism that in itself exactly, is racism exactly yeah. but then i feel like a lot of us sometimes we uphold that mi- model minority myth and we see that as um we see that as actually a good thing and we're like oh yeah we want to hold on to this but actually it's really counterproductive because if anything it, it makes things so much w- worse for us but chinese people are the worst for that they are the they're worst so, they're, so they're, so, they're so proud yeah. of, you know to be fair like don't get me wrong like we my family we we do well for ourselves uh my family obviously we you know we're, we're not poor <laughs> Take, takeaways are lucrative <laughs> but when do you know I mean like I'm I'm a recruitment consultant. I don't have a degree. Uh, my two siblings have got degrees. One's but one's one is also a recruitment consultant, yeah. and the other one because what's Cecilia do? She does. Some, I don't know what she does. She's an analyst <laughs> of some sort. Do you know what I mean? So we're not we're not in high flying jobs. But yeah. in terms of a lot of other Chinese families, I mean we're very well off compared to them. Um, and it, it's just like why 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 you know why. Why? <laughs> why? Why are we like this? Why are we so proud? Why do we have to be like? Oh no! I want my son to be a doctor, an architect. Uh, uh, I, mean, I think my mum said that to me the other day. She was like, hey. "I was like, what?" She's like, "Nothing." I was like, "No, go on, watch." Like, <laughs> wow! I just, I just, I, you know, I, 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 I thought you were gonna be a lawyer. I thought your brother was gonna be an architect. I thought your sister was gonna be this. And I'm just like, well, "What's wrong with what we are now?" She's like, "Nothing, nothing, nothing." Just. <sighs> Those ones they have so many high hopes for us, man. They have so many high hopes for us. And then I, I turn out to be, you know, I'm, 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 I'm no degree. I, I work in a sort of a sales job and covered in tattoos. And she's like, "This is not what I planned for you." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this wasn't the plan." No, Donald. Um, it, I, I think like uh, a lot of uh, our parents and and how they how they were back in the day though is still it's still changing it's just a little bit slower because i think even like my mum and my dad are a little bit more accepting now every, every so often i still get the same comments of like you know when are you going to get a real job which is you know, <laughs> equivalent to, to yours I'm like why couldn't you be in a doctor but um i think yeah it's changing and the more the more that we grow older it, it, there's going to be a shift like we'll be taking care of them and 
like it won't be that that you know uh, um hopefully they will, still won't be singing the same tune like why couldn't you've got a real job <laughs> but i i think time will heal a lot of the pain but we do have to be proactive and and like dis like discussing it is so important like because this is so enlightening to to a lot of people like I, i'm sure a whole bunch of chinese listeners to this like east asian ones from here from the uk will be shocked that a lot of the racism that you experienced was from you know from them from the chinese <laughs> community <laughs> like that's that's shocking in itself and it's uh, maybe it's a it's a, a good time to, to look at yourself and say like how have you treated like other F, um mixed uh, yeah. chinese people because it's quite Cause it doesn't because it doesn't matter whether you're half this or half that mm. you should still be able to belong to that entire community which kind of leads me on to think um about what you were saying about henry golding and he's not he's not quite asian you, you say <laughs> he's not full chinese he's, he's not full asian why you couldn't they got me as an asian why you couldn't they got him, me you don't accept him as a full asian <laughs> I, I i i love i love i love the fact um that you're bringing this back up lamb but um and putting me on blast but no it's always <laughs> I, if, if anybody... I, just, I just want you to get your opinion whilst you have donnie here with you who uh, is also well, half asian and half half white I, I i don't think i've ever i've seen donnie as any um <laughs> any more different or you know any more the same as as myself like i like I've learned a lot from Donnie about being Chinese um, across the years. Um, mm. Cause you know, even him, he, you know, his Cantonese has always been better than mine. He, you know, he always uh, was, was chilling along uh, with a lot more East Asians than, than uh, when I met him at my stage. And um, yeah, I learned a lot of uh, those like nuances from, from Donnie. So, <laughs> um, it, you know, I view him, uh, as if you know more Chinese than myself, like I view myself as, 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 as mixed with uh, the white great ethnicity. I just <laughs> wanted to give you a chance to redeem yourself, you know. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you. Right, hey, if nobody is clocked, like it's always been a running joke. Like I love Henry Golding. I just, I'm just jealous. It wasn't me who was who was the top man. Okay. He has a he has a punching bag in his um in his basement, and it's got Henry Golding's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even denying it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? I love it. I love the comedy. I love. I love it all. Uh, Show uh, me your biceps, Michael. No, 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 no. that all comes from hating Henry Golding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that just, just, just uh, whatever, whatever, lamb, whatever. Fun, you know, it's your just because, just because half is, oh, mixed, mixed babies are better looking. <laughs> uh, mate. The, the way the time. way we were growing up and 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 people always used to say like like Donny was just like a splitting image of um <laughs> for fuck's sake oh, my oh you're like, taking me back now they they were they, people were wetting themselves even I wet myself I'm like wow he just looks like Edison Chen but now Edison is <laughs> no, seen I'm... in a different light so you you're trying to detach yourself from that image yeah I've, I've put on a bit of weight since then. <laughs> Edison put the other way. <laughs> yeah, for real. He looks like he really like fell off the wagon, man. He looks stressed, old, skinny. Um, Probably still hiding from those triads. <laughs> yeah. He ain't ever set foot in Hong Kong ever again. Don't Fun story. You know, um, Jen Patty, the the actress who was in the thing. Yeah. My uncle used to go out. My uncle used to go out with her. No way. Oh no way. So we're from where from where does, from does he look like you? I'm just saying maybe maybe she's got a really Edison Chen look vibe. Yeah, she's got that that, that whole type. <laughs> That's her type. 
there, there are there are similarities. Uh, he is my uncle, but no, he's there. So we where we live, her family lived. So we were we lived in in a place called Galgozan, which is in Satin in in Chotin, in Hong Kong. Uh, we live in the village though, so we don't actually live. Anyone who's from Hong Kong, Galgozan, or anyone who's not from Hong Kong, Galgozan is like a really rich area. We're not from the rich area. We're from the village next to the rich area. Um, but her family obviously were well off, and they lived like down like the, like down the road. Um, and I, I guess my uncle just took fancy to her or she took fancy to him and they were like going out for a few weeks so yeah and then um, that's why my sister's called Cecilia Jen oh. name is Cecilia that's where my mum liked the name from oh there you go fair play shocking yeah. fair so play. it's a funny, funny story apparently wow. I've got like there's like pictures of us or hanging out somewhere like in another mode like normal cameras with the, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. little photo packs um yeah there's photos of me and then some other guy and uh some uh, like a helicopter i don't know there's yeah they had a helicopter um ballers, ballers. Yeah. should we uh i think that was a should we uh, quite a nice note to kind of wrap up everything but should we should we tie up the show with a little uh lamb's quick fire questions should we i know <laughs> i know i know we haven't um prepared anything but should we do one each all right yeah go on go back and forth yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I'll go first, yeah yeah okay so oh. all right that's quick fire questions if you had a choice between a sunday roast and dim sum what would you choose uh, sunday roast well that was quick whoa so rapid why, why why sunday roast um i, I don't i think it's just i'm sick and tired of dim sum we <laughs> 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 just eat it all the fucking time um my up here my grandma my granddad well my well my my, my, oh, my, my yeah, yeah they are quite well known in the chinese community so they like to go to the same restaurant every weekend every sunday I'm like I'm happy COVID happens because it means we can't go, um, but like no, it's that point where so outside obviously most obviously you know you see in some restaurants that are popular because there's not there's not many in Liverpool or miss out in the whole so the the queue for like dim sum on a on a Sunday like goes out but because they know the people we go in the back way, so we go we walk through the kitchen to go to our table before the doors are open, um, and I think it's just yeah it's just how like just eating dim sum every other every Sunday every other Sunday for years just. Don't get me wrong, I love them so I mean, I, I love the live on bar right now, but it's just, I think it's just put me off a bit. Um, I just I would prefer a Sunday roast. Sunday roast. Yes. I mean, I don't have any of those regularly, so uh, you know, I'm still sticking with dim sum though. It's it's a fave, man. I love getting a tassel bow, man. I'd love a Sunday roast and then have a tassel bow on the side with a oh, oh, oh. <laughs> maybe we, I, we we should maybe we should make it like a, a fusion Sunday dim dim sum roast. Yeah, like a Yorkshire pudding, and then you put hagao yeah. and hagao yeah. and roll on top. Or like a seal, like a seal mine, some latte on top. <laughs> All right. Um. What about a <laughs> uh, um, a or like a a, a Camden Hills? Neither Stella. <laughs> oh, Stella. <laughs> it's a good old, a good old pint of Stella. I said Stella. Where's your Where's your white vest? <laughs> uh, I, I I opted not to wear one today. We <laughs> <laughs> weren't a Stella day. No, no, no. <laughs> So yeah, you, I'd definitely you, go Stella. I've, you I've drank a, it all my life. A rice or potato man? Rice. Yes. I would oh, actually, say I'm a potato guy. Yeah, yeah, actually, I would lean. Yeah, I would say lamb. You lean to like potatoes. You love making potatoes, like differently. 
But yeah, um, it was just because they were easier. I I do love chips and all of that, but um, the Rikea makes the sickest like rice, like with coconut and kidney beans in there. You so. know, have you have you ever made rice not in a rice cooker? No. Yeah, no. actually, yeah, I have, but it's always f- fucked up. It's f- every time. Every time, I always every get it hard at the bottom. Outside, hard at the bottom and soft on the top. I get the worst of both worlds. Like there was there was a guy who used to live in Kingston um, called Rogan, and the, I remember the first time me and Gary saw him uh, making rice with a sauce. Probably were like, "What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? What, what, is this? what? We have a rice cooker right here. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this sorcery you speak of?" I think it's so weird. We have rice every single day, but we don't know how to cook it. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, without the rice cooker, I mean, oh I'm yeah, done. yeah, I yeah, have yeah yeah, yeah, but the the rice cooker is like seen as like a saucepan to you know it's a, to us. It's a staple. That's... To be fair, you, you, it's not just rice rice you cook in there as well. Like we mm, when um congee, we get um lap chow. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, and you just stick it in, stick it in the, the rice. with the rice in, in, in the it, sticky it, rice. Is is lap chow? Is it legal here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can get yeah. it in the supermarkets. Okay, because because uh, it's just every time like my, my we get my my. Auntie says, like, bring loads over from Hong Kong. Lap chow. Oh, yeah. For you guys, it's a Chinese sausage, if you don't know. Yeah, we can get it. You can get it in supermarkets. Oh, well, I never know. But, uh, but yeah, yeah we, we, we steam it in there. We, we, we can use it for everything. The rice cooker, multifunctional. I tried to make rice the other day, and it just went absolutely awful. It was just terrible. I mean, it was flavoured nice. It had, like, uh, turmeric and ginger and... All of these spices, it tasted banging, but it just went so wrong. No, but I get what I get where Mike says. Um, I mean, I've got two half siblings who are from whose mum is from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, but because we growing up, we lived in such close proximity, I'd always be around their granny. So her name was Granny Pearl, and obviously she'd make like the best, like just like chicken, rice and peas, um, their ribs, the mac and cheese. Oh, I remember. Um, one of my best mates, who um, the guy I spoke about before, who's from Liverpool, he's their biological cousin. But because we grew up, we say we're we we you know we call each other cousins and stuff. And we mm. like I think it was like after a night out one time, I was like I'm hungry. He's like there's ribs in ours. I was like yes, yeah. so I go back. It's like four in the morning, sitting on all these all these ribs. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can get what Mike says. The uh, like sort of Caribbean type food is 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 off the off the off the hook. The rice is just different, bro. Like after mm. you. Like bakpan, it's just some basic bitch. After that, like, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. basically have bakpan and and fried rice, and then after that, oh, and congee, a- and sticky rice, oh, and sticky rice. We have, quite a few. we have a few, <laughs> but but they're not they're not as tasty uh, and flavorful as like just but, uh, the rice. I think with that, though, the reason why is the 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 rice is our rice is is to sustain, like to just go with the complement the the. No, the yeah, 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 yeah. Dishes, dishes that we have with it, meat and veg dishes. Whereas, like everyone else has rice just to have rice. If that makes sense, it is. It it can be a main dish. Like I mean, you no, know, in the takeaway, the chicken fried rice, char siu yeah. fried rice, special fried rice, it's a main dish. But we will have two or three bowls of rice, but we will load up on the meat and the veg and everything else that goes with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lamb, you got another one. I got, I got, I got another one as well. Um, go on, you go. Uh, do you? Oh no! Wait, it's left my head. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> go, go. Um, would you rather be a successful drug dealer, drug lord, or would you rather be a high-earning banker? If you had a choice of career, 
Banker. <laughs> <laughs> drugs are illegal, bro. I don't do drugs. <laughs> you wouldn't want that fast life of of being a being a drug lord like a like no, a, yeah. what's that guy's name from well, Pablo Escobar? Pablo Escobar. Oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, if you were to say, would you rather be you know make twenty five grand a year for the rest of your life or be a drug lord? I'd go drug lord. But you know, I'm a high flying banker who makes. You know, I, I might not make as much as as, as being a you know a, a drug lord, but it's legal. Yeah, man, it's legal. I mean, Pablo, Pablo Escobar had a Forbes, whole fleet of flamingos. No, Pablo, he was um, on the Forbes wishlist, wasn't he, Pablo? Yeah, yeah. He, Good he, lad. Bought, he bought so many hippos in Colombia; they're now a national crisis because <laughs> <laughs> they're absolutely destroying the agriculture. It was just because he bought so many. <laughs> and then, what, and then that's when he, uh, his, uh, his like, zoos and stuff got raided, wasn't it? And he had to yeah. just release them. And then now they're in the wild, just fucking shit. Causing shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, destroying the, the sensitive ecosystem. Um, oh. Karaoke, your choice is Robbie Williams or Jung Hop Yol. Oh, that's a good one. Oh. <laughs> No, because I mean, recently oh. my mum, my mum made a bet with me. She was like, "If you can sing me a Chinese song in full," because she obviously she my Chinese is you know nowhere near his. She's you know completely hundred percent fluent. Um, and I was like, "Oh," because basically she calls us bananas. She calls her kids bananas. Yeah, yeah. Anyone doesn't know what a banana is? It's 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 white on the inside, yellow on the outside. But I was like, "No, I'm not." And then she's like, "Well, if you can sing me a Chinese song, I'll give you fifty pounds." So I've been learning like Joe Hyo songs. Um, like it, it, I would have a shower, I'll belt it out when I'm in the car, I'll belt it out. So I've been learning these Chinese songs. So I, I, I don't know, but Robbie Williams is, is you know, I'll, I'll never forget was it Anthony's wedding when all the all the girls are like, where the boys, and those three were just on the mic singing Robbie Williams, <laughs> smashing it out. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my, stick stick to my roots and go Robbie Williams. Stick wow. to Robbie Williams. Yeah. You know, Shocker. I never feel I never feel more Chinese than when I'm singing a Chinese song in, at karaoke. Yeah, when I'm singing like Beyond or Zhonghe, yo, I'm like I'm so I feel so Chinese. Or or Anjing, Anjing in it. Oh yeah, well that's that's just me all over <laughs> in it. My uh, we we've upgraded, so we've got a karaoke machine downstairs. Um, wow. And we've actually got we've actually got a touch screen selector. Uh huh. Litty. So if uh, anyone ever oh, so wants it's to, actually like a karaoke room. So it's actually a karaoke room. It was dead sweet the other day. I was um, it was my mum's fiftieth birthday, and I went down like you know we cut the cake and and whatnot. And I went back upstairs and I went downstairs again to, um, just to like get a drink. And they were both like my dad and my mum were singing karaoke together. And like they were like doing duets, it was so cute. They were like so one like, man. Yeah, yeah. The, like my dad was singing the boy bits, and then my my yeah. my, my, my mum would chime in with the girl bits, and I was oh, just like, oh, so cute, so cute. <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I guess that ties up Lamb's quick fire questions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and I just want to say a massive thank you to to our homie Donald for joining us on the show today. Like, wow, um, insightful. Um, if you if you do want to see more from uh donnie you can actually find him on instagram and um he he posts a lot of, uh, uh he's quite active you know he posts a, a lot of stuff so um uh what's your what's your handle donnie i'm donnie saying the other one and um Can't get yeah, it wrong. if you if you have got a comment um you want to help us support us uh do like um subscribe on youtube hit the notification bell all of that nice stuff um apple podcast five star review 
and um yeah just if you if you've got questions or you want to open up the conversation you can hit up uh, us up on at respect the mic pod on instagram and you can find me on twitter at michael h trung and you can find lamb at instagram at hong mike lamb and on twitter underscore family lamb so uh yeah that's it it's been really really insightful um uh, just to just to say there uh, you chinese people man you chinese people stop being racist to those that are mixed <laughs> <laughs> yeah michael <laughs> leave henry golding alone yeah michael oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> me, and my, me and my boy henry <laughs> and on that note uh, i would just like to cl- close the show and say peace mother bitch bye see you later